And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm terrific. You know, it is a beautiful day today. It is. The sun is out. <laughs> the sun is out. And, and so what our listeners don't know is that we have a delayed recording because of the weather last week. Yes. And it wasn't, really the, it wasn't really the weather. It was what the weather did to family situations <laughs> that make it so it's pretty hard to record when kids don't have school because of snow. Mm-hmm. That could have been interesting. And, yeah. And, you know, I, it, was a, it was a challenge for me anyways because I wasn't able to, you know, uh, Engineer Tim had worked the night before and I was trying to figure out where else I could record. And so it all worked out. So we're, we're delayed, mm-hmm. but we're still going to get it out on time. God willing, and the crick doesn't rise. Um, so today, the quote, we're going to talk about catalysts. And my title was, Are You a Catalyst? Now, that probably threw you for a curve when you saw it, because <laughs> I don't think I've ever used the word catalyst with you in the past. No, I, I think it, it brought me back to high school chemistry. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. <laughs> So, thinking of high school chemistry, what was a catalyst? Uh, Can I reference uh, your Webster's definition? You can reference reference (laughs) the post that went out this morning. A substance that enables a chemical reaction to proceed at a usually faster rate or under different conditions than otherwise possible. Yes. And what was definition number two? From Webster? From Webster. An agent that provokes or speeds significant change or action. Thank you. So I, I usually pick, I like, I like Webster's de- uh, definitions. Mm-hmm. Google's interesting. I don't know how Google develops their, do you know how Google develops their, their definitions? Are they just like, is it just a summary of everybody's comments? Or is it... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not well, sure. anyways, so Google has um, one definition. Number one is a substance that increases the rate of chemical reaction without itself undergoing any permanent chemical change. And then definition number two, a person or thing that precipitates an event. And I really, what, one of the things I liked about the Google one is I liked the part without itself undergoing permanent chemical change. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, you folks are saying, wait a minute. Has David fallen off the turnip truck and bumped his head? Why in the world is he talking about chemistry? I'm not. I'm talking about leadership. Talking about people who are catalysts. And, and what I love about the concept of a catalyst is that you don't need to have a position of authority. You don't need to have a title. Think about what a catalyst does and then ask yourself, how can I be a catalyst in my organization, in my family, in my social group, whatever it is, wherever there's a group of people, could you be a catalyst that speeds up change, that makes things better, that, that, that sets in motion something that moves us to a better state. And if you can, you actually become priceless for an organization. So I, I, as I was thinking about it, and I kind of wrote about it, there's two kinds, and, and if my first thought was, you know, are you a catalyst was going to be my question. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that all of us are catalysts. Mm-hmm. So what was, what was your thought about my concept that everybody's a catalyst? Oh, yes, I, I totally agreed with that. I mean, I think it, 
your your next question was was the more powerful one what kind of catalyst are you yeah because we can be a catalyst for good or a catalyst for bad i mean we've all so let's focus on the bad first because we want to end on the good we've all been around people that are just so negative that they just drag a whole organization down Mm -hmm. like they are a cancer within any organization and if you're a leader and you're not a catalyst for good to move things in the right direction you will end up losing your people your good people are just going to go because they want to be part of something that's exciting something that's energizing it kind of fits into our our podcast over the last few weeks about engaging our employees and i've i've known people who were ca- who were catalysts from negativity mm-hmm. and, you know, and there's times in my life when i realize i've been a catalyst for negativity and the key there is just stop. So I did share with you um, seven steps, seven, we don't want to call them steps. We want to call them characteristics, right, mm-hmm. of, of someone who is a catalyst. And, and I identified a couple in here. Um, number one was always be thinking about the organization. And, and what I don't want people to do is I don't want people to th- say, I, Dave's saying I need to obsess about my job. I don't. I'm I'm one of those people that says, hey, the first thing you should put on your calendar at the beginning of the year is your time off. But one of the things that is real is that if we have a good balance in our work-life mixture, we will be thinking about work when we're not at work, but it's not in a negative way. Does that make sense, what I just said? Yes, yes. It's almost more of like an awareness Right. Yes. And, I like that. You know, I, I guess I thought of it differently, though, the always be thinking about the organization. I kind of considered that more of like a lens for decision making. Mm. So not necessarily like always okay. meaning like at all time, uh, at all waking hours, but yep. rather like for decision making. So you'd be, sure. looking, be looking through that lens like, OK, how does this align with? our vision and our mission very good yeah that's so that's I very good differently sure that no that that's great i'm glad you you pointed that out you know the the other way that i was thinking about it was it kind of fits into the law of attraction mm-hmm. that if i am thinking about the business what i like to refer to as in my pre-conscious thoughts like if i visit the goal whatever it is it doesn't have to be the business if let's say i'm thinking about it for my family if i'm revisiting my goals and vision for my family or my business, whatever it is, on a frequent enough basis, that imagery is in my mind. It's in my pre-conscious thought. And when things will bring, when, when clarity is being brought to some of those thoughts, it's because my, my pre-conscious thought is seeing things that I might have missed and says, whoa, there's an answer to the question that you just had. Um, in, in one of my classes, I always share about the time when I really was wrestling with a design feature on some tooling when I worked for a company in Auburn. And I was racking my brain day after day after day trying to figure out how to solve this. And I remember the spot. I was sitting in my car and I actually had driven my wife's car that day, not my car. And I was on the corner of Onondaga Road and Velasco Road at a stoplight. 
when the idea popped in my head. And I wasn't thinking about work, but for whatever reason, it just hit me then. And I, I was carpooling with somebody. His name was Dirk. And I said, Dirk, th th this is what we need to do. And so that's when I say, you know, I want us to just let that let these thoughts percolate. And I like yours too, the lens of how does this affect the organization. Then characteristic number two of, of a good catalyst is that they're always asking questions about the organization. And I, I, think, I think we miss that point. I think there's too many leaders that think their job is to give answers. When our job is not to give the answers, our job is to ask the right questions. So in your, in your history, your, your ex life experiences, what, what, is, what, what is a good question? What is a good question? I, well, I'm one of those people who says like, oh, there's no such thing as a bad question. So, okay. <laughs> so uh, I think all questions are, are good and productive. Um, okay. I, I guess I I don't know. So, so why do you say all good? And I'm not disagreeing with you. So tell me why are all good? Why are all questions good questions? What do they do for us? I think that they can provide a, a different perspective. So if you're if right. maybe if you're someone who thinks that there are bad questions, then uh, then maybe there are, are some areas that need to be <laughs> clarified for mm. the rest of your team. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Um, but I, I think that they they provide a different perspective, right? Like something, if, yes. if you've been around, I, I love it when when like a new team member starts, right? And they have mm -hmm. a lot of questions because it's almost like an outsider looking in. So something that sure. might seem very clear to everyone who's been around it for months or years, right. decades. <laughs> yes. Um, when you bring someone in who essentially kind of has like the eyes of your consumer, it mm -hmm. can be, be really useful. Exactly. Um, uh, awesome. And, yeah. And I think it also provides an opportunity to, to have conversations that wouldn't maybe have otherwise come up and ideas come from those conversations. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, see, I was actually thinking too narrowly on what questions were. I was just thinking of open-ended versus closed-ended questions. Mm. You know, where I want, I want questions that cause us to think, to stop and reflect and say, what, what is it? Why is it that we do this? Yeah. You know, I, I, I love your, your idea about, you know, new people have questions. They can ask questions that the rest of them are like, well, because we always did that. Yeah, but why? Mm -hmm. Why did we always do it? I mean, there may be things we're doing we don't need to do. Mm -hmm. and 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 the, you know the, the simple questions of why and we shouldn't be upset when somebody asks why mm -hmm. we should and and i one of the things i love is um there's a book good good leaders ask great questions which is a great which is a great book but the other thing that the the, the more simple question about questions is this one what am i missing mm -hmm. you know i may think i have all the answers and and when we did we did some podcasts a couple years back on on thinking uh, we did our, uh, that was probably part of the No Limits series that we did. And nobody has ever had a great idea by themselves. It's just not possible. You need to have other people help you think through those. So, you know, we, we need to be thinking about the organization. We need to be asking questions about the organization. Um, but then what I, what I loved is um, characteristic number three, focus your thinking on potential 
and problems. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I have to be honest with you, most of the time, I, my thinking seems to focus more on problems. Why can't we? Rather than what opportunity might this be opening up for us? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if you think about it, that is a huge difference. Now, next week, we're going to talk about a gentleman that knew exactly how to do this. And, and so that's kind of a little bit of a teaser for, for next week. But why do you think people, why do you think people, pe- because I really think most people are like me, they focus more on the problem than the potential. Why mm-hmm. do you think that is? I mean, I don't have an answer. Other, huh. We could say behavior profiles. but See, I, I kind of was. I was going to say I think that some people are more inclined to focus on the problems and other people are more yep. inclined to focus on the potential. And I think where what this is saying is focus your thinking on both of them, not yes. necessarily separately, though. Like, I think right. that you're saying once you can identify – a potential opportunity there's always going to be something that comes along with it that could present yes. a problem and so it's not necessarily about like ident- just focusing on problems but rather saying like this is a fantastic opportunity here are all the great things about it here's the ROI or here's how it's going to benefit right. our customers over and say but let's anticipate that this might happen and here's how we can respond yes Absolutely. And, and, you know, we did the series on, on how do you deal with difficult leading in times of crisis, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the point was that in the middle of great difficulty is always opportunity, which is potential. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I, I love how you're saying, you know, keep those things together, be looking at it together and focusing on it together because there will always be both. Right, because it's the same thing. If you even if you identified the the problem first, yep, then kind of kind of just do do the opposite. But because that's sometimes how we are able to come up with some of uh, some of our greatest ideas, because we are able to say there's this huge hole in the market, or we're not serving our customers in this way, or we're missing the boat on this. Let's right. work on the opportunity so it's more like thinking about them as a whole like you can't have one without yes, the other exactly and you know i i really think um I'm, I'm working with a company that's their sales seem to be flat mm-hmm. and the problem is they're not asking those questions they're not asking any real questions about what the question this is we wonder why sales are flat it must be a sales and marketing problem mm-hmm. it might be but we don't know that because we aren't asking the, the, the right questions. Mm-hmm. You know, we aren't, we aren't asking. And here, one of the things I think people, people miss this a lot. When people wonder how they should grow sales, why don't they ask their customers? Right. You know, simple thing. You've got two groups of customers. You've got customers that are buying from you and they're buying a lot. Ask them why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the customers that have stopped buying from you. Ask them why they stopped. Mm-hmm. In those two answers are going to be your answers to your, the solution to your problem. Um, they may tell you that your product isn't relevant. They may, but it could just be messaging. It could be they didn't know some things. So I like that about you know asking those those the the potential and the problems together, uh, questions together. So characteristic number four: know the idea people. Know who your idea people are. Mm-hmm. So what? 
Do you think it's obvious to find idea to to recognize idea people? I think it becomes more clear the longer you've known someone. Mm, very good. But maybe okay. not like right off the bat. Yeah, I agree with you. And then I'm I'm wondering so what could we do? Cuz so as we get to know people more, clearly they become comfortable sharing ideas sooner. Mm-hmm. So they probably are always there. They just may not be willing to share. So I'm wondering, what could we do within the organization to encourage people to share ideas? What are your thoughts? Or what do we mm-hmm. need to stop doing? Well, I think stop doing, you know, stop making decisions on islands, perhaps, you know, yep, like think, yep, thinking absolutely. about how, how you engage with your team. But I I think that's uh, the, something immediate that you can do. The other right. could be inviting people to the table, which we, you know, we've exactly. talked about that many times. Yep. But yes, uh, just because someone shares their idea doesn't mean you're implementing it. Right. I think right. if you in, in, invite people to share and maybe they have ideas and maybe they don't maybe they're just they observe that you accept ideas and that next time when they do have ideas they realize that this is a a, a place where that's valued right very, very per- well said you know i is when when you were answering the question in my mind i'm replaying movies that i've had so to speak of meetings where somebody comes up with an idea and the leader just says no that won't work Right. Okay, you're just done. you just shut down every idea person in the room. Right. They're and, not going to come back. And what won't they share next time? Right. And the thing they won't share next time might be that one thing that revolutionizes your organization. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 in it and I like how you said, you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that we're going to automatically just do everything they say, but we have to be open to listening to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And if we're open, Thinking about what Liz Wiseman says in her book, Multipliers, you know, great multipliers are debate makers. They mm-hmm. let the debates be, you know, ferociously debated. Mm-hmm. And then the best answer goes forward. And, but it never, and it's never personal. So we ask all the questions, we get all the ideas, we chew it apart. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm sure you'll remember this, but I, I, I reflect on it a lot where I had this idea and we were talking you and I were on, we were on the phone. I was driving back from Auburn. We had another one of our colleagues on the call and I have all this idea and I'm just so, I'm certain my idea is the best idea in the world. And I could tell that it wasn't being received super well, mm-hmm. but you and this other person didn't say, no, no, that's a bad idea. But it was interesting after the fact, I think you may have called me or emailed me and said, can we, can we talk about that a little bit more? Are you sure that this is now? I don't remember what we were talking I'm about. Like I have no idea of this conversation. It may have been like an <laughs> online course that I was trying to push or something, and That's you just funny. said, "Are you sure that our members really want this?" Mm-hmm. And what 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 struck me was, I, I I really appreciated the fact that you and the other person were concerned, and then I thought it was so. I, I kind of asked myself, I wonder why she was so timid in saying it. What was I doing that may have been making people feel like I didn't want to be challenged? But I was glad you did. And now you have no problem challenging me <laughs> with my stupid ideas, which is great. Uh, well, you know, and I think this brings to light, too. Oftentimes, uh, we 
we get very caught up in like wanting to make decisions and move forward, which yes. is, which is fantastic. I am yep. all about decision making and moving forward. I don't I don't like standing still in a place of indecision. But I think where sometimes there's um there's a step that's missed and it, it's that yep. brainstorming and yes. and and strategizing and, and implementing yep. are all separate things that need their own process and time. Yes. And when we when we sit down with the intent of making a, a decision and then it mm-hmm. turns into brainstorming and then suddenly you're trying to do both at the same time, it can feel like a like a difficult environment that that can be intimidating right. to someone new or stressful to someone who's really passionate about their idea. Um Yeah. And I think that that's where it's important to remember, like, okay, what are we here for? Like, today we're here to brainstorm. We're here to take all of those ideas and and rip them apart and debate them. Yeah. And and you know what? Sometimes you change your own mind in that process. So you might right. think, like, hey, I've got this amazing idea, right? And then you start <laughs> brainstorming and you're like, wait, no, 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 no. I don't have it. No, that's not quite that good right. of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and that, that gives the space for everyone to to do that and i think that's where you know you really build that like rich culture and are able to to see the vision come to life right because you've been reviewing reviewing chatting debating and then you move into okay let's pick this one because it's the best and move forward into strategy yes yeah exactly exactly which kind of nicely moves us right into characteristic Number five is, you know, whenever you have an idea, gather your idea people around. Because mm-hmm. you, and we talked about, because you can't, there's no way that any one of us can have a brilliant idea by ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can have a good idea. We can have an idea that has merit, but it takes our team to make that a really brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and characteristic number six, you know, these are people that ask other people to help make their ideas better. Just invite them in. Mm-hmm. If you have an idea, say, hey, can we talk about this? I got this idea. It might be dumb. I don't know. Help me figure this out. And and I think what happens when we do that with people, we're basically saying to people, I value you. Mm-hmm. And I value your in- intellect. I value your ideas. And I can't do this without you. Mm-hmm. And that's really what people want to hear. And then the last one is, you know, when somebody makes your idea better, give them the credit. Just say, recognize them. Find ways to recognize them to their peers. To your boss and it just creates this affirming environment where you really can be the catalyst to make things better quicker mm-hmm. which kind of circles us all the way back <laughs> to our chemistry definition now the one thing that i was think i was thinking a little bit more about this without itself undergoing any permanent chemical change I don't think we, we certainly aren't chemically changed. I guess there might be an argument that our brain chemicals may shift in this environment. Um, but I do think that the person that allows themselves to be a catalyst, that's open for ideas, that sees things, that looks for these new opportunities, it changes them for the better. Mm-hmm. I, think I think they're much happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I equated that, the... the uh remaining unchemically changed uh or chemically unchanged i related that more to like your values 
So yes, absolutely. Like a lot will change, but but the values that you went in with are the same values that you came out with. Very good. Yeah, and you know, getting we we talked about mission and values for a few weeks now. Um, it's necessary for senior leaders to really recognize and learn the values that their team members have and make sure that their val- that their team members are able to work within those values because that's when you're getting the biggest impact from them. That's when they become the best catalyst for your organization. So next week, Tindalgrams. Sounds and maybe like that's a, where we should. <laughs> reminds me of like a snack or something, like bunny grams. <laughs> like my kids eat. <laughs> we have teddy, we have teddy, teddy grams, grams and tindle grams, grams, right? Tindle grams, yes. Inst- I do prefer Instagram. the chocolate. I do prefer the chocolate teddy grams. <laughs> that's so funny. Anything exciting happening this coming weekend? Uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, I have found that I have kind of lost track of time a little bit this winter. Oh. I mean, because it, but hey, here's the good news. We're, we're well into February. That's, that is the good news. And I actually said to my husband the other day that pretty soon we will spring forward with our, our clocks. And yes, I, I've already noticed the, the daylight extending, which is a, a great thing yep. for me. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's January was long, but it, winter does seem to be moving fast. And, you know, it's maybe it's quick. my, yeah. my age, you know, everyone says like, <laughs> things move faster the older you get so they do i will attest to that mm-hmm. but it's it just it is it's beautiful it's it's sunny and we're going to get more and more sun we're going to get more and more daylight yes and spring is right around the corner and i've actually had chances to do some skiing with my mm-hmm. grandkids and that is so much fun that's awesome so with that i'm dave freund i'm marissa norcross and this was the next week